0: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at fantasyfootballprofit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips. I have a solo show for you today. Jeff's on vacation, actually, which is kind of bad timing for him, as you know, some of the players that he's talked about a lot and been, you know, huge fans of and talked up on the podcast, mainly Kirk Cousins and Jordan Howard actually showed up today and put together some great performances. And Jeff's not even here to talk about it. So I'll bring up some of those players, talk about those performances. There's a lot of, a lot of good performances today, a lot of surprising ones. And actually, and then there's a few that are just people that had players that had great matchups, teams that had great matchups and just did absolutely nothing with them. So I'm going to go through. All of you know the top moments of the week and some of the worst moments of the week here. But make sure you go, you go check us out on Twitter at the FF Profit. We're on Instagram at Fantasy Football Profit. The website's fantasyfootballprofit.com. You can go there, listen to all the old podcasts. We have our ranks up there every week, waiver editions, all of that good stuff. So, how about we get into some of the games here? Talk about how about we just go over the game that just ended here, the Sunday night game? Talk about Redskins and Raiders, which was just a surprise. Everyone kind of came in thinking probably the Raiders are going to you know, most likely win this game or at least it's going to be competitive, but the Redskins just dominated this entire game. They had no Rob Kelly out there. That didn't matter. It was all Chris Thompson, really, catching the ball six times for 150 yards and a touchdown. He ran it another eight times for 38 yards. I mean, just, just a huge game for Thompson. But then Cousins, 25 for 30 for 365 and three touchdowns. He really bounced back after those first two weeks where he just was just not looking like himself from last year. And just showed everyone why he was a top ten fantasy quarterback, you know, pick this year and just really rewarded everybody. But none of those it's the passes aren't going to Terrell Pryor. Only two catches for 19 yards. So people that rated Terrell Pryor as a top 15 wide receiver coming into the season are just not getting. You know, not getting anything from that. And it's very disappointing. It's really went all to Chris Thompson tonight. Crowder had about 52 yards. Um, Vernon Davis got 58 yards. And a touchdown. really isn't much else there. It was pretty much Cousins and Thompson. But the Redskins still dominated. Oakland just did not look good tonight. Carr only threw for 118 yards. Lynch ran for 18. And then the two big receivers, Crabtree and Cooper, combined two catches for 13 yards. Just a terrible game for them. Crabtree actually left later in the game with looks like maybe a rib injury, chest injury. Don't really have any word on that yet, so it didn't look good. But I think it's just a one game for the Redskins or for the Raiders. You know, going on the road, cross country, just never seems to turn out right. They'll be back. It just That was just, it's just terrible performance from them. They probably let down quite a bit of fantasy owners. I think Jared Cook was their high score for the game with 10.3. You're just not going to get it done with that. All right, some of the other games. How about one of the other later games here? Green Bay came back and beat Cincinnati 27-24 at overtime. Rodgers got his 30.8 points like he normally does. Jordy came back from the injury with a great performance there. He had, let's see here, six catches, 52 yards, but caught the two touchdowns, which are huge. Geronimo Allison, another guy that we've talked about randomly on this show, waiting to see if he could ever do anything. He stepped up. Into the spot without Randall Cobb there. Caught six balls for 122 yards. A lot of it there on that long, long pass there in overtime to set up the winner, game winner for the Packers. Ty Montgomery really didn't get much going today. Only 35 yards on the ground. 15 yards receiving. No touchdowns. That's This is probably the lowest he'll get. I can see him. He's going to be better than this. But then Cincinnati, they did play better. They just couldn't finish off the game. Dalton looked... He looked better, still not great, but he threw two touchdowns, no picks. Mixon's definitely the one getting most of the work now. He had 18 carries. Didn't, you know, didn't do a lot with it, 62 yards. He did catch three balls for 39 yards. So if you played him, he was definitely a, gr- a good play, 10 points. It's solid play there for you. And AJ Green did step back up. He had 10 catches, 111 yards and a touchdown. And I saw a lot of people this week asking me about AJ Green trade. Just should I get rid of him? No, you're not going to get rid of somebody like A.J. Green. He's just way too good, and he's going to he's gonna have these weeks. This, he's going to have more of these than he's going to have down weeks, and we've seen enough history between Dalton and Green to know that. They're going to be good at some point. At least Green's going to be good. I really don't think Andy Dalton's a great quarterback in the NFL, but at the very least, A.J. Green's going to get his numbers and keep it up. There was no Tyler Eifert today, so that didn't – he's – yeah. the injuries are really affecting Eifert, and – he was one of my preseason guys I thought would be stepping up there. And maybe if he can get healthy, he will be. But until then, he's not going to do much. But it looks like going forward, I think this is going to be Mixon's backfield. And we'll keep an eye out at that. We'll keep watching it. But I really think they're going to go young here. Go with Mixon. Hill's not doing much. Bernard will still get his work. But that's about it. It's going to be mainly Mixon going forward. How about more of these surprise games today? The Jets and the Dolphins. Jay Ajayi, I... I ranked him third for the week. Jeff ranked him right up there as well. Everyone expected a huge game from Ajayi going against the Jets, and it just, I don't i don't even know what happened. 20-6, to 6, the Jets take the win. And the six points didn't even come until the end of the game. The very last play of the game, Cutler threw a little three-yard pass to Parker for the touchdown there. Ajayi, he came into the game questionable with a knee injury, so I don't know if that affected him. But eleven carries for sixteen yards—it's just, just a terrible, terrible outing, which is just really surprising after last week's good game. So I don't know if there's more to this knee injury. It's hard to say. I guess we'll have to watch the injury reports for the week, see how he's practicing. But this is—you would think Ajayi was going to be a pretty safe player, pretty low floor or pretty, you know, pretty high floor. I mean, and sixteen yards, so one point six points there. Well, you we got the nine receiving, so two point five points. That is just not getting it done. That's just, you're relying on that guy's your running back one, and this was just a disappointing effort. Parker, on the other hand, receiving got that touchdown at the end, so it really bolstered his day a little bit. But 76 yards receiving and a touchdown. He had eight catches, so solid outing for him. He's looking he's looking pretty solid for the year so far. If he can keep this up, you know, it'd be nice. I'm not sure if this offense can't get going, it's going to be difficult. Landry had his six catches, 48 yards. That's about the lowest lander they'll probably get. Really not much else out there for the Dolphins. Just just a terrible game. They should bounce back from this. But the Jets, you know, again, there's not not much. You're not going to really be playing any of these Jets. Uh, Powell, he had the 37 yards rushing, got a touchdown, so he made it. If you played Powell, he was worthwhile to play. Forte didn't do anything, got hurt. Robbie Anderson did get 95 yards and a touchdown, but only off three catches. You're still not playing him. The Jets, yeah, they might have got the win, but you're not playing any of these players. They're just, at this point, not worth it to play. And then Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs get the win, and Kareem Hunt breaks a 69-yard rush late in the fourth to just have another huge game, 172 yards and a touchdown. I mean, every single week he's been over 20. He keeps doing it. He breaks these long runs every time, and they're not going to go away from him. They're just going to keep giving him the ball, giving him the ball, and giving him the ball. He's going to keep putting up these points like this if they do that. Alex Smith had the two touchdowns, but only 155 yards, but he made it a worthwhile game. He's just under 20 points in standard leagues, so he's still he's keeping himself as a decent streaming option, possibly, if you want. But this is about the Alex Smith I should ex- you'd expect is going to be more about this 18, 19, 20-point range, which it's it's fine. It's just... Maybe, you know, you can probably do better than that. Tyreek Hill bounced back a little bit, 77 yards receiving and a touchdown. He actually they carried him, he carried the ball three times, only got 13 yards out of it. But decent outing again if you played him, you're definitely happy with the output. The Chargers, on the other hand, Phillip Rivers, three picks, no touchdowns. He did not look good. I know Kansas City's good team, but this was just Rivers is making it so it looks like he's not even gonna be playable at this point. Coming in, I thought he might be a good, you know, good option to be one of those late round quarterbacks that you get that'll play and be, you know, perfectly fine for you. But this is not what you were expecting today. Three point five points. He did have two decent weeks. The the last two weeks were pretty solid, but if he's gonna have games like this even at home, he's hard to play. But I mean, Derek Carr I mean, we talked about did the same only at the seven point two. I mean look at what Flacco did. There's a lot of bad quarterback performances this week. So hopefully this is just one of them. Hopefully he bounces back from this. Melvin Gordon was able to, you know, salvage a decent game with 79 yards rushing and a touchdown. He did get injured um at one point. It looked like a knee injury. He came back late in the game, but only had one or two carries after that. So we'll have to monitor that and see if there's anything there. Keenan Allen, 61 yards. Travis Benjamin got five for one oh five, but just all around not a good game from the Chargers. And then Hunter Henry doesn't even show up in the box score. He just was non-existent out there today, which he was like that in week one, great week last week, and then nothing this week. So he's becoming a very difficult player to play if he's going to be this up and down where they just completely forget about him in the game and don't use him at all. It's going to be hard to play him. All right, Seattle and Tennessee. Tennessee had built up a pretty good lead in this one. And... Russell Wilson was not doing much at all in the first half until they scored with about a minute 15 left in the second for that first touchdown for them. And then he just poured it on in the second half in catch-up mode. Ends up, if you're in a six-point scoring league for passing touchdowns, 41.5 points for Russell Wilson. But it wasn't necessarily efficient going into it. The 29 for 49, we got 373. Four touchdowns. He ran the ball for 26 yards. So he, he <laughs> if you played him, I mean, most people did. It was definitely worthwhile to play. It's just Seattle. It's not looking like Seattle at this point. Baldwin did made it a good game for 105 yards and a touchdown. Chris Carson, he was able to get the receiving touchdown. So his game was, he got 11.2 points. What, 11 carries for 34 yards. But it pretty much looks like he is the guy. Rawls didn't get any carries. Lacey didn't get any carries. It's all Chris Carson at this point. That could change. You never know with Seattle. They did this last year. They've done this the years past, ever since Lynch. They've gone through the running back. So we'll see what this really means for Carson. But I think going forward, at least next couple weeks, he should be playable. And hopefully this is about as bad as it gets for Seattle, at least with the run game. And hopefully they don't have to come from behind anymore. Tennessee, on the other end, it was pretty much a split backfield there. Murray had 14 carries. Henry had 13. Murray's numbers look much better as he broke that long, that long 75 yarder for a touchdown. That's where most of his um damage was. So he got 115 yards and a touchdown off basically off that almost off that 75 yard run. The rest were 13 for 40 yards. But it looks like going forward, this is probably gonna be a split backfield. But they might both be usable. I think if you have Murray, you're still gonna have to play him. And Henry's interesting, if you I mean if you have both Murray and Henry, I think you might stick with Murray at this point. I mean, we'll have to really see a change to know that it's it's Henry's backfield. But if Murray's healthy, I think he's going to be playing most of the time. So just keep an eye out on that. Minnesota and Tampa Bay, another game that was kind of surprising here. Minnesota was out without Bradford. You would have expected this to probably be Tampa Bay's game, and a lot of people picked up Tampa's defense once they knew – that it was going to be Case Keenum starting and Case Keenum made them all pay 25 for 33 for 369 three touchdowns Stefon Diggs eight catches 173 yards and two touchdowns and there's plenty of people that did bench Diggs this week and I can't blame him. I mean he didn't he did nothing last week with Keenum you could there's no way you expected anything from this Minnesota team with Case Keenum at quarterback and yet Diggs shows, I guess, he can do it with anybody at quarterback if they try to get him the ball. So this is two out of three weeks. Diggs has just been really, really good. He's had over 20 in two games. Last week with the two for 27. So they got Detroit coming up next week, then Chicago. I think Diggs, you put Diggs in your lineup even without Bradford, but if Bradford comes back, he could even be better. He's going to be, looks like he's going to be one of the top options this year for sure. Delvin Cook. Made it worthwhile game, 22.9 points in standard scoring off of 97 rushing yards, 72 receiving yards. Got a touchdown run of the ball. They ran him 27 times. He is the true workhorse on that team. Latavius Murray at two carries. He's McKinnon at two carries. They're not factors. It might not be a great yards per carry, but that's not going to matter. Cook's getting all of the work. He has that much volume. He's going to be putting up really solid point totals every week. You're playing him. He should be in your starting lineup at the very least at your flex spot every single week going forward. How about the Jacksonville Baltimore game? Another huge surprise. The 9 30 game, the London game. Jacksonville wins it 44 7. This is something I didn't see coming. Blake Bortles actually looked like a good quarterback 20 for 31 for 244 and four touchdowns. Marquise Lee caught four of those for. 65, but the main story was Mercedes Lewis. Four catches, 62 yards in three touchdowns. Still, don't go picking up Lewis. This is this isn't this isn't going to be sustainable with him catching those touchdowns. But Fournette was able to get a touchdown in. Only 17 carries for 59 yards. The yards per carry doesn't look good, but he's still picking up a touchdown every game, and they're looking to get him the ball. So he's going to be playable. Bortles, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big Bortles guy, but he's gonna have weeks like this, and then he's gonna have games where he does nothing. You're still not putting him in the starting lineup. And Baltimore just showed that there is nobody you can trust on this team. It was kind of I was thinking maybe Buck Allen coming into it. But he only had eight carries for 15 yards. He had two or five catches for 13 yards. So if he's in PPR, he you know salvaged a better game, but still not a good game. Terrence West only had six carries for 26 yards. Alex Collins ended up with nine for 82. A lot of that was later in the game after this was just completely out of hand. But maybe Collins will be a pickup this week. Something to watch for. We'll see it mean Allen didn't get it done. West didn't get it done. Maybe they'll try Collins. They got to do something. This was just an ugly, ugly game from Baltimore. All right, Pittsburgh in Chicago. Another just crazy game here. Chicago gets the win in overtime, 23-17. Another one you wouldn't have seen coming. And this is where Jordan Howard Stepped up big, 23 carries, 138 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, even Cohen was still playable, too, with 78 yards uh, rushing and 24 yards receiving. I think you might have two players that are potentially playable, and Howard's not going away. That's everyone who thought maybe this is Cohen's backfield. It's not. Cohen is not the every down guy. Now, they don't want that to be that. Howard's going to get the majority of the work. And he's going to continue to be a star every week, so no worries there. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be the guy. And there's just no receivers to throw the ball to on this team. Howard led the team in receiving. Cohen was second. There's there's nothing. There's no no receivers to throw the ball to. So Glennon's not doing much. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, Roethlisberger just a only 14 points in standard scoring. Uh, Bell did, you know, got the touchdown, so he made the game decent. But his still his rushing totals aren't up; they're only sixty-one yards rushing. But he's able to get the thirty-seven receiving. Bell, that's why Bell's always going to be a great option, even when he's not playing well and the team's not playing well. He gets fifteen points. Same with Antonio Brown; he had seventeen in standard, twenty-seven in PPR, with ten catches, one hundred and ten yards, and a touchdown. He, that's why he's the top receiver in the league. That's the way he was number one receiver off the board. He had a great game. Artavis Bryant, though, two for 30. He's having these up. That's what Bryant does, up and down, up and down. It's hard to know when to play him and when not to. He, make, he make, it makes it a tough play. I have a hard time playing Bryant because you, you don't know. he could. He's going to get games like this where you're not going to be able to use him, but he's going to be in your lineup and get you nothing. Atlanta, Detroit, crazy finish to that one. They, they reverse the touchdown, so Stafford ends up with only one touchdown on the game. If you played him, he was an, had an okay outing with the 264 and a touchdown, but not great. Abdullah only 47 yards rushing. He did get 39 yards receiving, so it's okay. Game. Matt Prater was great kicking the ball. He had, let's see here. If you're going 19 points, if you're going four points for 40 yarders and five points for 50 yarders, just a great the guy can just hit every every field goal from 50 plus. It's ridiculous. Tate had the 58 yards, caught a touchdown, had the one reversed, so his game wasn't as good as it could have been. On the Atlanta side, Freeman, 160 yards rushing, got a touchdown, 32 yards receiving, so great game there. Matt Ryan threw three picks, so it hurt his game with the 294 and two touchdowns. You know, not he, Coleman had, let's see, 89 total yards, so pretty solid outing there but that's about what you're going to expect. That's probably Coleman and Freeman both are play. Freeman's obviously playable. Coleman's keeping himself as an option there at a flex spot though. And Julio seven catches 91 yards, no touchdowns, but another good game for Julio. And then we have the Houston new England game where Tom Brady has just now had two weeks in a row where he's just throwing touchdowns everywhere. Five touchdowns, 378 yards, two of the touchdowns with the to cooks, two of them to Hogan, one to Gronk, Everyone in this team right now is playable at the wide receiver spot, except, I mean, it's just, that was the worries. There's so many guys to throw the ball to, but if Brady's throwing four or five touchdowns a game, it's not going to matter. They're all going to be, you're, you're going to be able to throw it to play any of these guys. And here's the problem with Gillisley, only 31 yards rushing today. If they're not getting the ball to the goal line, is going to have games like this, which makes him kind of a risky play. But if you have him, it's hard not to play him. Because he's going to have the big weeks where he gets two, three touchdowns. But that's what if if Gillisley's on your team, that's what you kind of knew going in. He's going to be really touchdown dependent. So it is a worry, but you're going to get some really big weeks with him. Houston, on the other hand, Deshaun Watson, good game for him. 24.1 points. Lamar Miller had his 56 yards receiving or rushing, seven yards receiving. So yeah, that's Miller. He's just not, there's not much there right now. Um, this is pretty much his. The floor for him, but his ceiling's not very high either. He's in this, like, 6-10 to 10 point range. Hopkins got 76 yards receiving off 7 catches. So, I mean, the offense today was kind of Deshaun Watson kept him in it, but nobody else really was had a great game. So it's kind of disappointing. New Orleans, Carolina. Kind of, this was supposed to be a good matchup for Cam Newton, and it just didn't happen. And if Cam Newton's not going to have a good matchup against the Saints with a beat up secondary, I I just think Cam Newton is pretty much droppable at this point. He had 167 yards passing, three picks, no touchdowns. He only he did get the touchdown running the ball off 16 yards. So that made it so his point total didn't absolutely kill you. He only had 8.3, but I really at this point Cam Newton's droppable. You can you can drop him and not really worry about it. I mean, yeah, he's gonna probably have some bounce back weeks, but this is bad. You can't be putting him in your lineup every week. I, I would just if you feel like you want to need to drop Newton, I'd go right ahead at this point. Jonathan Stewart had the 57 yards rushing. McCaffrey only had 16 yards rushing, but 101 yards receiving so he did pretty well there Funches four for 58. Benjamin went down with an injury we'll have to wait and see what you know what the injury is and how long he's gonna be out. Breeze with a solid outing not the yardage wasn't there. But he was able to get the three touchdowns. Let's see. One of them went to Michael Thomas, one to Ginn, and the other one went to Brandon Coleman. So Brandon Coleman has touchdowns in consecutive weeks. Michael Thomas, 87 yards on touchdown. That's kind of what you were signing up for when you drafted him. Another a solid outing there. The run game, it was kind of Ingram today. Peterson got nine. Ingram had 14 for 56. Peterson had 33. But Kamara's the one with the touchdown, only off two rushes for 37. So it's just still committee there. You can't really trust any of those guys at this point. Cleveland, Indianapolis. Cleveland, this is this was a shock to see. Jacoby Brissett, 259 yards passing, got a touchdown. He ran in two of them. And then T.Y. Hilton, seven catches for 153 and a touchdown. I know there's a lot of people that s- sat Hilton this week thinking nothing is happening right now with this Colts offense. But Hilton proved, I guess, he can play there with Brissett. Maybe they're going to be able to step it up in these next couple weeks before Luck comes back. But Jacoby Brissett, 29.8 points. Great game there. Frank Gore ended up with 11.7 in standard. He took 25 carries. He got 57 yards off of it. So not very efficient, but he got the touchdown. Made it a worthwhile play. On the Cleveland side, Crowell, only 44 yards rushing. He's been a disappointment so far this year if you drafted him, because where you were drafting him, he's not gotten that value out of him. Duke Johnson was able to get a touchdown running the ball in 23 yards, caught six passes for 81 yards. So in his PPR, he's extremely valuable, and he's becoming just a better option every, I think every week here. So you might be looking at him at a flex right now. I wouldn't – you know, it's a, probably a good move. And Deshaun Kaiser. Wasn't a great game overall for him, but with his running ability, he got the touchdown. He's able to make it a good fantasy output for him. Maybe he'll turn that around. The three picks weren't good, but if you played him, he was actually a good play. He's probably gonna have weeks like this as well. All right. Two more games to wrap up the Sunday recap. We have Denver and Buffalo. I mean, Again, this is another game where you would have expected Denver to go in there and get the win, but no, it's Buffalo 26 to 16. But LaShawn McCoy, 14 carries for 21 yards, follows up last week's outing. That is two very poor rushing games in a row for McCoy. But this one you can maybe chalk up to the Denver defense. He did get 48 yards receiving though to make it. So he wasn't, you know, didn't end up with two points. He got you 6.9. So it was a decent game. Tyrod Taylor was 20 for 26 for 213 and two touchdowns threw him to Clay and to Andre Holmes. There really wasn't anybody other than, I mean, if you played Taylor, he had an okay outing Denver side, uh, CJ Anderson, eight carries for 36 yards, two catches for seven yards. So following up last week, you were expecting big things from Anderson it didn't happen. Jamal Charles was actually the better back today. Nine carries, 56 yards and a touchdown. I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a committee there. Maybe Charles is looking better and better. Anderson didn't look good. It's something to watch for. C.J. Anderson owners don't like to hear that, but it's very possible this could be more of a split backfield. Trevor Simeon came back down to earth, 259 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. I know he jumped up the ranks for some people. Jeff, I think, put him top 10 this week. Didn't really work out, so he's got to be cautious. It's still Trevor Simeon. He's going to have some good weeks, but he's going to have weeks like this. Demarius Thomas was able to have a decent outing, though. Six catches, 98 yards. Sanders, seven for 75. So if you played those guys, especially in PPR, they weren't didn't have terrible games. Not what you really would have wanted, though. And, all right, final game to go over. Philadelphia and the Giants. Finally, the Giants offense got going a little bit. Eli threw for 336 and three touchdowns, but he had still had the two picks. Odell was able to catch two of those touchdowns for 79 yards, so the yardage really wasn't there. But he had the nine catches, two touchdowns, so he had a great game that way. Sterling Shepard, seven for 133 and a touchdown. Great game. Brandon Marshall finally showed up a little bit here. Eight catches for 66 yards. So those three receivers all had solid games, but it's still Philadelphia to get the win because New York's running game is just not there. Perkins, nine for 22. Dark West, seven for 22. Just no nothing, nothing there at all for those guys. On the other side, Wentz went 21 for 31 for 176 and a touchdown. So he didn't have quite the games he's been putting up. But the run game here is interesting. Smallwood was able to get 12 carries for 71 yards after doing nothing the last couple games. And Blunt, after not even getting a carry last week, had 12 for 67 and a touchdown. But I bet you there's, not, there's probably not many people out there playing him. And it, it, this is an interesting backfield. I just don't know what to think. Sproles looks like he went down with a broken arm, so it is going to be either Smallwood or Blunt coming up here, unless they're going to go with Clement, and he had a touchdown off six carries. There's too too much of a committee here to really trust any of these guys until you see a little more coming up. Ertz was able to get 55 yards and a touchdown off eight receptions, so another good game for Zach Ertz. Alshon only four for 56. Just nothing there for him today, but Philly gets the win. All right, before we get going for tonight's show, just going to run down some of the injuries that were out there today. Talked about Michael Crabtree. He had a chest injury, rib injury, something like that. We don't really know yet. He left the game there in oak for Oakland. Samaj so P. Ryan left the game with a hand injury, wrist injury for the Redskins. He wasn't playing really well before that, but he was knocked out of the game with that. Melvin Gordon, we talked about knee injury. He was able to come back. We'll see if there's anything more with that. Doug Baldwin left with a groin injury in the fourth quarter and didn't come back. Hopefully, there's nothing serious there, but after the game, Pete Carroll said the severity of the injury is unknown at this point. So, again, something more to watch for. Calvin Benjamin left during the first quarter of the Panthers game. Bent his left leg back awkwardly. Didn't come back, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. If, if he's going to be out for a bit, I mean... I, I, oh, I can't even I can't recommend Funches. I mean, without Olsen, without Benjamin, with Cam Newton playing this poorly, it's just you could just kind of stay away basically from anybody but McCaffrey, maybe Stewart, if you're desperate at running back. But it's just kind of ugly in the Panthers in, in that offense right now. Darren Sproles was out with a broken arm. So we just talked about that one. That's going to be interesting to see how that backfield the Eagles is going forward. And really, the only other injury a note was Matt Forte left with a foot injury or a toe injury. No real word on that going forward. But the Jets, I mean, none of them seem to be playable at this point anyway. So we're just going to have to wait and see on a lot of these. Most of these injuries, we don't really have anything concrete yet. We don't know how severe any of these are, but wait and see as we go forward. Maybe we'll have some more news when we have our waiver show on Tuesday morning. Go over some of that. Hopefully, there's some waiver pickups here. There's not a lot that stood out. We'll go over all the players that you might want to pick up. Probably talk about some players that you're able to drop at this point because we're seeing there's some people that for three games, you're not seeing much production, I mean, especially Cam Newton. That's one I'm going to recommend that if you have him, you, it's you really don't, it's going to be hard to play him. I think he's hurting your team more than he's helping anything at this point. But we'll be back with the waiver Show on Tuesday morning. We'll talk to you guys then.